This week on the Habs Forum, the Montreal Canadiens lose another at least exciting game by the score of 6-4 to four to Columbus. They continue to play at uh, 500 hockey. Is it going to keep up this way? Our team's finally figuring out how to play against uh, Montreal's speed. So we're going to talk about all that. Is, is, is the tank finally starting for the people that want to tank uh, at, uh, at all costs? Also, Pierre Gervais, equipment manager, came out with a book with uh, some scathing quotes about former coach Zushan, which is very, very interesting to talk about. And some trade rumors. Darren Dreger talking about both Monaghan and uh, Josh Anderson as potential uh, trades for the, the Montreal Canadiens. So lots to talk about. Dustin, uh, let's get into it with the recent game. So it's been two weeks since our last podcast. And in the last episode, we were talking about how this is a 500 team. And I was saying I, I, they're probably just going to keep playing 500. They feel like a 500 team. And a 500 team doesn't finish last. You know, a 500 team doesn't make the playoffs, but they finish about, you know, 20, 21st, 22nd. And there's been, uh, what, seven games since our last podcast, and they're 3-3-1. Three, three, and one. So I feel like uh, my assessment of them being a 500 team is proving to be pretty accurate. Yeah, it looks like we're pretty uh, – we were right on right on the money about that. Um, I mean, two straight losses, though. Uh, and two, two losses, you know, where they – I mean, they definitely didn't have their best games either. I mean, obviously no. – I mean, New, New Jersey is a wagon, though. Like, New Jersey, and you could tell, that was one of those games where, okay, the Canadians aren't at the same level as the top teams. Like, New Jersey has won now 11 in a row. They were playing amazing hockey. So, not that surprising that they would get trashed by New Jersey the way they are playing. But Columbus is a bottom feeder, right? It, the, the, the game yesterday was all over the place. It was not 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 defensive hockey, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. Last night was uh, yeah, it was it was definitely an interesting game. I mean, Habs got off to uh, to a pretty poor start. Obviously, down two nothing after the first period. I mean, uh, like the amount of breakaways and the chances that they th- that they gave up. I mean, you know, it, it it almost seemed like that was okay. This was the Habs that we were almost expecting to see at the beginning of the year. And then I mean, you know, they made a ni- another great comeback there in the second period to tie it up two two right at the end there. And uh, it, you know, I mean, it's. You know, we've seen that we've seen that so many times from from them this year, and, and that's what you love to see those come back, comebacks. But then again, in the third period, I mean, yeah, it it all fell apart again defensively. I mean, just so many mistakes. Like like you yeah. said, I mean, against the Devils, like it's okay, it's it's to be expected. I mean, the Devils out of nowhere are one of the best teams in the NHL for some reason. I don't think it's out of nowhere. I don't think it's out of nowhere. I think they're a young young team that finally figured it out. And last year, they were worse than they should have been. And last year, the big thing last year is they were getting terrible, terrible goaltending. Right? And like like we've talked about it on this podcast sometimes where I think – I personally think that sometimes, you know, goaltending being the be-all and all is overrated because teams have won with okay goaltending. But you can't have bad goaltending. If you have bad goaltending, then you're not going anywhere. And goaltending was atrocious for New Jersey last year. So that's, I think that's a big reason why they were so low. But they just have young guys. Like, like Jack Hughes has been incredible for a few seasons now, but he keeps getting injured. So if he stays healthy, and then they, they picked up Hamilton last year too, right? So they have some guys on defense ever since. All that. I don't think they're that bad of a team. I just think maybe they're not this good of a team either. But you saw them play yesterday. Plus, Lindy Ruff is clearly coaching them in a oh. way that they're a well-oiled machine. Like. For sure. It, it's it's not I, the New Jersey Devils that we knew in the in the nineties either that just played trap hockey. No, no, for sure. And I mean, is it 
like, is it a coincidence? I mean, P- <laughs> PK Subban retires and they become the best team in the NHL. Oh, relax. Okay. I okay. Don't know. okay. I don't... It is. So you think PK Subban is the reason their goaltenders didn't know how to make a save? He was he was the one that was preventing them from making saves. Yeah, you know, he was distracted. He was right. distracted. I, I know you don't even think this. You're trying to just trying to get a rise out of me. Um. Okay. Uh. I think I just lost power for half a second, but okay, it's it's back up. I don't think anything cut out. My screen's shut down. We're back up. All right, this is the type of yeah, podcast we have on here. Weird. <laughs> so let's just let's just keep going we don't do edits on this podcast we just keep going uh lost power for half a second but we're good we're good so uh yeah so yeah i just think the new jersey devils are uh are, are better than uh this is more what they are anyways this is not a devil's podcast i'm just saying that the canadians get getting dominated by the devils to me is just like they've played well against good teams sometimes don't get me wrong but it, if a, if a really good team is on their game like the devils were then the Canadians have no chance, right? So it, it, that that is what it is, but it's just they're not as atrocious as last year where they come up against a bad team and then still get walked over, but like we saw last year. So I, that's why I just think they're, they're going to continue being a 500 team unless the only reason, the only way they don't become stay a 500 team is if the goaltending falls off. Because that's one thing that has been a huge difference this year. Like if you look, look at like the advanced stats for like saves, like, like goal saves against um, whatever that line is, like gets gets expected and all that. Both Allen and Montembeau have looked really good this year. They, they've been a, one of the good tandems in, in the NHL. I mean, maybe not so much the last few games, letting him 11 goals combined. Well, I guess one goal was an empty net. You know what I mean? If the goaltending keeps playing this way, the team's not going to be any worse than 500. So, you know, all the, all the people that want to tank out there, maybe – you need to find a way to get J- J- Jake Allen uh, not playing anymore. Well, I mean, I, I like, I almost feel like Jake Allen's he's, he's been what we expect from Jake Allen. And it, yeah. it's really been Molton Bow that, you know, I, I obviously, okay. He let in uh, five goals last night. I mean, he, he, he didn't have a bad game. I didn't think, I mean, he, yeah, well the first know. goal was bad luck, right? It bounced off of Harris. Yeah. Then you don't love see, seeing the five hole in the second goal. You know, there, 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 there's some, some bad bounces here and there. Not, not a great game, but not a horrible game though. either. No, exactly. But for, for the most part, like he's actually been really good this season. Yeah, like, I think 100%. before the game is his save percentage was like nine, nine twenty something, maybe even nine thirty something. So, I mean, he's he's been really good. And that's obviously, you know, if we look at last season, a little a little unexpected. Yeah. He's been better than we thought. So, yeah, I mean, definitely if the goaltending starts to fall off. And I mean, the last really at least the last two games and even I would say a little bit against the, the game before against Pittsburgh, like you started to see the defensive lapses and, and, you know, it's, it's been a little disorganized. And I mean, if, if, if that defense really starts to fall off and they start playing, you know, like obviously this whole season, they've played a lot better, you know, especially seeing as the youth that we have on the defense, like we, we expect them to be a lot worse than they've been. Um, and, you know, if they start playing two expectations, essentially the expectations that we had at the beginning of the year, then, then yeah, this team, probably might not be a 500 team anymore and you know you're going to start but, seeing but w- why would defense get worse worse now that they're getting healthy though is the thing because matheson is, is seems to be coming back yeah, any day now no. so if matheson well, seems comes like back you know like you think yeah. one of the kids are going to sit every other game right so then that defensive core doesn't look half bad anymore you know i wouldn't say it's elite but you know it's not half bad yeah, like, you know, I, I'm not going to blame Joel Edmondson, but, like, I feel like ever since he's got back the last it's couple true. of games, it's went downhill. And, again, it's not true. necessarily because of him, but, 
he, you know? he, but uh, sometimes yes, because of him though. He had look. To be fair, he he missed a lot of games, and even last year he didn't play that many games. So he looked rusty out of the gate, and I I'm confident that he'll kind of become more of the steady presence we 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 know of him. But uh, yeah, he hasn't looked great. It's it's interesting, right? Because we talk about we're worried about going to the year with a bunch of kids, but then they're actually playing really well. But I found recently though, it, it's specifically Jack Eye. It's been catching up to him. Don't get me wrong, still love the kid. I mean, that hit he had yesterday, just throwing, I forget who on Columbus, he just sent him over the bench. You just, yeah, how can you not love that, right? So you love watching him play, but if we're talking about defensibility and, and who's going to be the one to kind of like sit out once Matheson's back, I know, I'm thinking it's probably Arbor Jacka. And I, I think he'd probably be well-served playing a few, few weeks in, in Laval, honestly. Yeah, I don't think it'd be bad, a bad idea, certainly. I mean, you know, he's going to go down there and he'll probably be, you know, definitely in the top four, potentially even in the top two. He's going to get a lot of PK time, probably some power play time. So yeah. it really wouldn't be the best, wouldn't be the worst thing for him. And especially once Matheson comes back, I mean, you know, he, he'd be hard pressed to really even be in the lineup on a regular basis. So, I mean, I think the last thing that you want for, uh, for Jack is to be in the press box and not, not be playing regularly. So it probably makes of a course. lot of sense. I mean, at, at this point, it's probably going to, once Matheson comes back, it's going to be down to him and him and Weidman probably to who, who eventually but gets sent down. Unless, the thing know, with Weidman is he's the perfect seventh defenseman. Yeah. Why, no, for why, sure. Like, you know, cause you don't mind if he's sitting out games and by all accounts, He's an amazing locker room guy, right? He's basically a personality hire for the the Canadians, right? Like they 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 just really like him having him around uh, and just being able to step in if there's you know on a road trip there's a there's an injury and someone needs to step in and all that. So I, I don't see why they would send down a Weidman. It doesn't really make any sense. And uh, reports are saying that Kovacevic was told to you know find a place in Montreal. He's there to stay. And I, if the like, Gouli obviously staying up, there's no question there. So to me, it really becomes between Harris and Jack Eye. And I just think that Harris has shown more than, than, than Jack Eye. As much as I love Jack Eye and love the way he plays, I think, I think he's the odd man out at that point. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I think Harris, um, you know, he's, he's had a couple of rough moments, uh, I would say, over the last couple of games. I mean, he scored his first goal yesterday, but he yeah. definitely had, had a lapse or two, uh, especially on the uh, fourth goal, I think, or the Corrali goal. Um, yeah, that definitely not a not a good sequence by by Harris. But I mean, for the most part, he's been really solid. He he's shown that he's an NF, NHL defenseman, not an, an NFL NFL defenseman. NFL defenseman yeah. <laughs> no, no, now Jack I might be an NFL linebacker out there on, on skates. Actually. Yeah, yeah he he probably got the size to do it. But uh, but no, I think uh, you know it'll be good. Uh, it won't be the worst thing in the world for Jack I to get, to be sent down and. And, you know, again, who knows, maybe there's going to be another, another random phantom injury that comes up like we've yeah, seen uh, yeah. with Wayne well, and Dad and, Rob and stuff like that. But also, I'm not mad if, for example, Jack I gets sent down, plays a couple weeks in uh, in Laval, plays well. And then at some point, maybe Harris gets sent down, assuming the team stays healthy. Then Harris gets sent down, Jack I gets brought up, right? Like just have them almost on a bit of, of, a, of a rotation. And I, I don't think either of them would see it as a punishment or anything like that. I mean, they've, they've both been pretty solid. I don't think there's that much of a gap between the two. I do think Harris has more potential. Like, I wouldn't want Jack I at the same time to be in, in, in Laval for the rest of the year, you know? But I also don't want him yeah, no. sitting in the press. Oh, let's, let, no, exactly. And, uh, I mean, let's not forget about Justin Barron either, the, who's who started the True. season off in Laval. I mean, the last couple of games, he's been really good, uh, really good for the Rocket. Um, so, you know, he, he could – 
he could definitely deserve a call up at some point too. So uh, yeah, you know, I mean, and, and we, you know, we talked about it at the beginning of the season too, that you could sort of see that thing where Harris gets a little bit of time down there. Jack, guy, yeah. had Baron, you know, uh, Kovacevic too, maybe at some point gets sent down though. Uh, I believe, well, he probably has to go through waivers though. So, you know, that, he, you could potentially lose Kovacevic, so you probably don't necessarily want to do that if you don't have to. But, but yeah, and it looks Kovacevic like has it, been uh, solid. Honestly, it's yeah. he's one of those guys you don't necessarily notice him that much, but that's not always uh, a bad thing either, right? You know, like you you, you know you notice Jack I good or bad, but you know a guy, a guy like Kovacevic is another like good kind of six seven guy that you know you you don't hate having him in 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 the lineup for for, for that role either, and. It's I don't mind as much if Kovacevic ends up playing a few like sitting in the press box for a few games. You know what I mean? Like that I don't care as much. I'm not as focused on his development. So, so that's why I don't mind carrying him more on the roster if that's the situation. No, exactly. I mean he's a he's a solid third pairing defenseman, seventh defenseman. That uh, yeah, you know he can jump in and out of the lineup. You know he is what he is, like you said. I mean, but if you're not noticing him, that's a good thing. He's he's just going to be steady, steady back there, not really going to provide much offense or anything like that. But but no, he's he's been he's done his job really probably better than than most of us expected. So yeah, yeah, you know he, he's he's definitely deserved deserved it. And and again, like if he went on waivers, you'd you'd think there'd probably be a team that uh, that would take a shot on him. But so back to the record, you know, because there's so much talk about and we've argued a lot about it, too, about like whether the team should tank or not tank. Well, I mean, no one actively tanks is the thing, right? Like, but I really do believe, though, that Jake Allen is is a big Jake Allen's injury last year was a huge factor that the Canadians fin- finishing dead last. There was a lot of injuries, but Jake Allen was a big one. And and we I don't think even though Montembeau has been playing better that he can, you know, if he was given the reins, I don't think it would go well. So like, it, it, there's all this talk about how we should tank, how we should tank, how we should tank. At, we're at a point in the year right now, 517 games in. It's still a possibility. If they go on a losing streak, they could very quickly drop in the standings. But if you really truly want to tank, you, you have to trade Jake Allen. But like, That's not going to happen. But like, some people talk about the, the situation right now. If the season ended today, the Canadians finished 20th, which is 12th last. People talk about that like being the absolute worst case scenario, horrible end of the world scenario because we're getting the 12th pick and not make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I think ideally, you know, the Canadians would get like a t- at least a top 10 pick. Um, certainly, I mean, you know, that's especially with all the talent that's there in that in this draft. But but certainly, I mean, that, you know, Jake Allen's making it tougher and tougher to do that. I mean, I think if they did decide to trade Jake Allen, you know, I, I don't think any anybody would argue that they're going to get a really solid return. Yeah. Potentially even a first round pick. Um, so, I mean, and, and you know, I mean, he's he's got, I think, a, at least one more year on his contract as well. And a pretty decent oh, he just contract. Re- he, he just resigned. He resigned in the offseason. Right. So his, he has two years on top. So I don't think it's in the plans at all to trade him. Oh. I, I, I don't think no, I don't think so. I don't think it is at all. And I just think this, like, I don't think, like, part of me feels like if the Canadians got a top five pick this year, it would mean there was a collapse. Considering where we are right now, how we're playing right now, it would mean really, either there were injuries, like last year, which I don't think anyone wants, obviously. Like, especially to the young players that are carrying the team right now. And injuries can, you know, you never know how it can stunt progress and stuff like that. Or it means kind of like a lot of the players fell off and started playing worse. 
and look, I get it. It's a, it's a, it's a top heavy draft or a, that's actually a deep draft, but at the top, they're even better. And you want to get another prospect and all that. But to me, if after finishing dead last, now, even if they were to finish one spot outside of the playoffs, which is always talked about as being the worst case scenario, I don't agree for this season that it would necessarily be the worst case scenario because it would mean the team took a giant leap forward for, for the future. And, and, and it's on the backs. It's not, it's not Edmondson and Monaghan and, and, you know, Savard that's carrying the team, you know, it's Suzuki, Dak and Caulfield, you know, it's on the, on the back of the kids. So to me, I'm just like, enjoy the ride. And if they go on winning streaks and all that, I think it's good because I'd rather have the young players progress then get another top pick, but it means the young players are, are struggling and taking a step back in their in their progression and all that, you know. No, it's it's true. You know, it's it's always sort of a sort of a juggling act. You know, okay, how badly do you want to tank? How much do you really want to lose? It and and you know how much that's going to affect the the chemistry that your players have, the development of, of your young players, especially when you know, like you said, I mean, it's it's really the kids that are that are duped that are they're bringing and i mean like yeah. you know, suzuki and caulfield without and doc without that first line i mean you know they're, they're scoring like a ridiculous percentage of the goals the halves are scoring so yeah at at least you know if the canadians don't get one of those top picks you know it, at least you know we we can be happy about the fact that it's really the kids that are that are bringing us bringing us this far and and yeah i mean like you know sure it's it's a great draft and that i mean okay we all know like the top three are basically generational not generational, no, sorry, like franchise players. All three of them have fran- franchise potential at least, but like, you know, it was always going to be, you know, a, a bit of a leap for the, for the Habs to get a top three pick. And, but, you know, a- after that top three, like, okay, sure, it is a, it, it's a really great draft. It's deep draft. You know, the top eight, nine, ten players are all really solid prospects. But, you know, we all know that if, you know, if the Canadians were to get like the fifth overall pick and they draft a guy, like it's not going to be a slam dunk necessarily either. Yeah. Like who knows what, how the guy's going to pan out. Even if he is a top prospect, you never know what's going to happen with these guys. So, yeah, I mean, look at Caulfield and Gooley, right? They, they were both uh, drafted in the teens and they're they're being dominant, right? Yeah, Suzuki. no, exactly. Actually, Suzuki so, also. What, what was Suzuki? Suzuki was what, like a 12th overall pick or something like that? Yeah, yeah, I believe twelfth overall. So yeah, I mean that's that's the thing, right? I mean the draft's always a bit of a crapshoot. So yeah, you know, ideally I'd like to see the Canadians lose a little bit more, get uh, get a little under that five hundred. But but again, you don't you don't want it to impact the development. You don't want to to have that losing culture. And you know, I I think that's something that Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon are well aware of that that they want to instill that that winning culture. Uh, you know, have have the have the kids play as much as possible. Rely on the kids. And, and, you know, I mean, at the same time, yes, you could get a really good return, obviously, for Jake Allen, but you don't want to put it all on Montembeau either because he's no, exactly. clearly not ready for exactly. that. And, and I, it, no, we saw last season, it, it wouldn't go very well. Well, the thing with Montembeau, too, with the way he's been playing, it's only six games, but he's, he's looked so much more solid, even though yesterday is probably maybe his, uh, his week, his game so far this year. But do you think there's actual potential for Montembeau to develop into a, a legit starter, because he's, he's still pretty young. We know goalies take longer to develop, and like probably the longest of uh, of any position. Is, is that because I never watching him play last year? That's never really a thought that crossed my mind. But do you think there is potential there of him being a starter one day? Maybe not an elite starter, but you know, a, a legitimate, solid starter. 
I mean, I don't know if I'd go that far. I mean, I, I think he could maybe potentially be like a low-level starter, um, you know, for like a for a, for a bad team, um, and 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 even at that, like a one A one B kind of guy. I mean, um, yeah, like I I don't see him as as the heir apparent for for the Habs. That's that's for no. sure. Okay. You know, I'm not sure. I, I mean, at, th- at this point, I don't know the, that, I, that any of us could say that about Primo either. No, so, no, there's, there, there doesn't know. seem to be much hope in the organization between uh, between the pipes, unfortunately. Yeah, that's one thing I'd really like to see the Habs do this year. I mean, I, I know they have like some other prospects that, that people have high hopes in, you know, in Jakob Dobish and uh, and Frederick DeKal. But I, 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 hopefully I think this year they'll, you know, it, within the first two rounds take a, you know, especially if they have like two or three first round picks. Oh, for sure. You know, maybe, for sure. Maybe, you know, may, maybe take a draft, uh, maybe take a, a goalie in the late, you know, late first or uh, or early second. But what if they, because uh, depending how Florida does, what if they have like the 12th, like where they're sitting right now, the Canadians, they would get the 12th overall pick, uh, like assuming like there's no crazy shenanigans with uh, with uh, with the lottery. Uh, and then uh, you know, where's uh, where's Florida right now? So they're they're 15th. So let's say they get they have like the, the 12th and the 15th pick. Would you be uh, interested or do you think there's potential in them packaging those picks to move up in the draft? Or do you think they just pick those at those two positions and get two really solid prospects to, to add to the cupboards? I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind moving up, um, you know, if, if possible. But I, I think, I mean, there's so many top, like, you know, there, there's basically like eight or nine really top prospects. I don't know if, if a team really in that in that like you know if, if for example if they wanted to try to move up to like fifth overall or something i don't know if a yeah. team with fifth overall pick would be willing to to do that when you can get a really really like Fair blue chip prospect. so yeah i mean you know they could they could definitely try it but i don't i don't know if they'd be able to really make it happen yeah maybe not i mean i guess i guess we're, we're looking a little too far ahead with uh with uh with the draft talk but uh, i mean hey it is uh it is what it is when you're uh when you're a rebuilding team <laughs> uh, but uh, I mean the, the 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 positives though, like we talked about a little bit already with Suzuki, confident Doc in the first line, but specifically Nick Suzuki, he's just not slowing down. Another two points yesterday, he is currently on pace for a hundred points. I think it's 101 exactly. Does he keep this up? I mean, it's, we're 17 games in, no signs of slowing down. Does does he make it to 100? Does does he have like a 90, 80? If he if Suzuki has a 90 point season, that's incredible. Incredible, you know. Absolutely. I mean, like, I, I even feel like if he if he finishes point per game, that's that's pretty awesome. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. I mean, I definitely think 80, 80 is a is is definitely a real possibility. Ninety, you know, he's he's certainly on pace for it now. For as far as a hundred points, I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, I think at some point, you know, uh, yes, the, the Habs are playing for five hundred right now, but I I really feel like at some point probably sooner rather than later it's it's sort of going to start going a little bit downhill um and you know that's you know i, I don't necessarily think suzuki and, and caulfield and doc are going to continue to pr- produce unfortunately at the, at the same pace that they're producing right now um so so I, you know I, I definitely think point per game you know and, and certainly if he hits 80 points i'm gonna, I'm gonna be very happy 90 points sure. could be a possibility but i i, I don't see him hitting 100 unfortunately I mean, the the thing is, is I, I don't the way they're playing. I see no reason for. I could see the team slowing down because I feel like the last two games, I, it seems like you're seeing teams, at least the well coached teams, are figuring out how you play against the Canadians. 
you know, how you kind of counter their speed and the way they play and all that. And, and you put really a lot of pressure on the defense. Maybe that's what's going on here. And we're going to start seeing less than 500, like you said. But even in those games where that's happening, Suzuki's still producing. So I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if they, 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 they keep losing. Because like the game yesterday, if you're – no one could be mad at the game yesterday. Whether you're pro-tank or, or, or want them to win, even as someone who just wants to watch them win, last night you, just, you wanted to see the fight, right? That still didn't feel like a team with a losing mentality, which is what we always talk about. It's a team that has fight, and Suzuki still had those two points. So what's like, I don't see a reason why – he he would slow down unless the like teams really I guess start really focusing on him and try to shut them shut him down, which of course could happen. But you'd think teams are already doing that. He's just showing no signs of slowing down whatsoever. And 17 games in, I mean, like you're close to a fifth into the season. Like, uh, I mean, you're about a fifth into the season actually. Yeah, yeah, you. Are. So, uh, even more. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean. He's on pace for 50 goals right now, which is even crazier. It's not even just that he's, he's racking up the assists; he's scoring nonstop. It's crazy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and and you know that top line definitely seems to be clicking. The three kids. I mean, that's it's you love you definitely love to see it. I mean, look, man, if he if he hits 100 points, I mean, I think we'll all we're, we're all going to be pretty ecstatic. And uh, I mean, he's he, he we definitely haven't seen him slow down yet, and, yeah. and it really seems to be clicking. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully he'll be able to, uh, well, they, they'll be able to continue it. And uh, you just love especially to see it one year into having the, the give, getting the C on the jersey, right? It's just, it's, it almost seems like he took that responsibility and took it to another level because there's always that worry, right? Especially in a market like Montreal where, okay, it's like, you never know. Now you have the extra pressure. Now you're expected to be the first one to talk to the media all the time and all that. It's uh, and to see him responding in this way. I think it's fair to say they made the right decision with uh, with the Suzuki as uh, as the captain of this team. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you 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 could have been a you know, I think I think maybe some some people were a little bit nervous at the beginning of the year that okay, you know, it's going to be a lot a lot of added pressure on top of the pressure that yeah. that obviously he already has as a, as a first line center. Um, you know, adding that C at such a young age, but uh, you know, I mean. He just keeps getting better and better. Like it's it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you gotta love Suzuki and and you know looking at Doc and Caulfield. I mean, you know they haven't they haven't you know wilted under the pressure at all either. And and a lot of the kids on defense again, Gooley. I mean, has been better than probably anybody expected. Yeah. He had really high expectations coming into the season. Same thing with Jordan Harris. So I mean, it's no, it's it's been great to see these kids. And you know, I mean, hopefully they 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 can continue to produce at the same pace that they're going right now. But you know, it's a, it's going to be a long season. Hopefully, they can keep it up. I mean, Doc is the like biggest the biggest positive losses. for me though. Doc, like I did not see that coming at all. I mean, that's that's crazy what he's doing. And also, Slavkovsky yesterday finally got his first assist in the NHL. I don't <laughs> yeah, um, yes. I mean, yeah, Slavkovsky too. I mean, he's uh, you know obviously he's been he's been pretty sheltered and he hasn't been playing top minutes or anything like that, but. You know, he we we've seen him produce. We've seen some really good flashes from his him as well. So, you know, it's it's. So we, I've it, seen it's more exciting. talk now come up about Slavkovsky potentially going to the World Juniors. Like, do you do? Because I feel like we when we talked about this, you still didn't think it was a good idea to send him down. Uh, well, I mean, to to, to go to the World Juniors, a hundred and ten percent. I I think he's going to go to the World Juniors. Oh, you I mean, think, think he will? Be, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Being sent down is another thing, but I think he'll definitely the the Habs will loan him to. Uh, 
to uh, Slovakia for the World Juniors. I think that that would be great for him. He's obviously going to be you know the top player and probably even playing with Massar on that first line. So True. I think that that would be great for the both of them. And you know he can go probably light it up there at the World Juniors, hopefully, and you know maybe maybe even build some more confidence and come back probably with the Habs. I would think. I mean, uh, does Slavkovsky you know, need more confidence though? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he doesn't seem that's uh, like that's something that he's lacking. But yeah, so like it, it does feel like they're kind of maybe sheltering him a little bit, and maybe post uh, World Juniors, maybe they start giving him a bit more responsibilities, maybe a bit more minutes. Because I'd like to see him move up from the fourth line. Not like not that I dislike that. Like I don't think the idea that a, a prospect be on the fourth line is bad for his progression, especially a European that's learning the North American game and all that. I, I don't think there's anything uh, wrong with that. I would just like to see him eventually move up and play with a bit more playmaking players instead of, you know, there's only so much yeah. you can do with Jake Evans and Pizzetta, you know? No, exactly. I mean, that, that that's the thing. I mean, not, you know, he sure you don't want him to be, to be playing uh, 20 minutes a game either, but, but yeah, it'd be nice to see him with some, some line mates that that can produce a little bit more offensively you know it'd be great if he could be playing with you know even guys like monahan or and gallagher i mean you know i I think i think that'd be great for his development give him a little bit more uh, a little bit more responsibility uh and and i think yeah maybe that is something that we'll see after the world juniors you know second half of the season he'll play a little bit more um, you know, potentially we'll, I mean, we'll see what happens. Of course, the trade deadline, maybe a guy or two like Monaghan gets moved and, uh, you know, that, that'll obviously, and I'm sure injuries are going to come up as well in the forwards. Yeah. So it, it, at some point, you know, he'll, he'll be ready, hopefully to, to step in when needed and, uh, and, you know, sees, uh, sees a little bit more opportunity. Well, I mean, speaking of Monaghan getting moved, actually, uh, Darren Dreger, uh, recently was on, uh, 690 actually might've been, uh, uh, this morning as we're recording this and he was asked not even specifically about the Canadians who the big trade names out there are and Monaghan was one of them right he named Carlson Horvat Monaghan and Klingberg obviously as always the salary cap is the big thing preventing trades uh, but you know with a team like the Canadians there's always the possibility of, uh, of retaining especially for a guy that's only got one year left on the contract Monaghan seems like it almost it's going to break my heart to lose him, honestly, because I already love him. Uh, but, uh, you know, obviously, if we can get a good return for him, uh, there's there's no uh, there's no way we, 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 we don't do that. Right. We, we, we have to do as much as part of me kind of almost wants to keep him and and, and uh, resign him. But I actually think Monaghan is a big reason why. Because having that depth down the middle such a big difference for a team of uh, this veteran presence score outside of that top line, right? He's, he's the fourth to score with the nine points in 17 games. And I think if Monaghan does get moved sooner rather than later, that I think might have a big impact on the amount of wins this game, this team gets. Yeah, no, for sure. As I mean, you know, if, if, if you move Monaghan, then, you know, really who moves up to sort of that, that third line center, uh, position. I mean, is is it going to be Jake Evans? That's uh, that's your third line center at that point. Is maybe does Doc go back to center? Um, you know, obvi- obviously. I mean, look, I lo- I love Jake Evans, but you know, he's not exactly a guy, the guy that's going to pr- produce a whole lot of offense. No, he, he's perfect line. where he is on the fourth line. Yeah, he's exactly. Perfect, he's where he is. perfect fourth line center. But you know, he's not. I I wouldn't say he's not uh, necessarily a third line center. Um, you know, at least not a, a point producing third line center so uh yeah i mean certainly losing monahan uh, and you know i mean i think his veteran leadership as well i mean would would certainly 
you know, would, would hurt the team a little bit as well. Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily think that he's going to be moved soon. I mean, I definitely think uh, obviously he's a guy that's going to be moved at the trade deadline, maybe a little bit before. Um, and, and absolutely. I mean, the Habs, I think he'll get a really good return for him as well. well I mean, I think he, he's the, the one guy that might actually get interest, right? Cause I don't think people are, I mean, how, Clock is rising a, a little bit, but he has more than one year left on his contract. So that automatically makes him much harder to move. Some injury like went on with him, you know, knocking on the door for for, for him. And Dadanov, miracle, finally scored. Which I don't even think Dadanov's playing that, that poorly. But, like, if he does get moves, it's, it's not going to be for uh, for a lot. Like, Monaghan's really the piece that can get some uh, some. Ad- when he gets moved, just really determines on on how eager teams are to, to to come get him. But I mean, I think if you're if you're team tank, I really think that you want Monahan to be moved as soon as possible. Oh, for yeah. the, no, for good assets, right? You don't want to undersell him, of course. But no, no, for sure. And uh, you know, I I think the Habs will definitely get a really good return for him, at least a first round pick. Uh, may, maybe maybe something else. I mean, especially if he continues to play the way that he's playing and he can stay healthy. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I, th- I think some of the other guys are, are going to be much harder to move. Like you said, I mean, Hoffman with that, with an extra year on his contract, I don't think any teams really, I mean, I'd be surprised if a team was really that interested in taking Mon. Um, you, you know, know, with, you know, with, with scoring, deep, maybe, but yeah, outside of that, no. Even then, I mean, like, he's the type of guy that, like, okay, he'll score a couple of goals for you, but he's such a liability defensively. You know, by by all accounts, doesn't necessarily seem to have like the the, the best attitude either. Um, you know, if, if it was just for this year, okay, maybe I'd take him. You know, if if you're a contender, yeah. put him on your third line, maybe. But uh, with with an extra year, I I don't think so. Um, you know, Dwayne, I don't think any, I don't think anybody is like, going to take him. No, but he, these guys, when they might get moved, is on trade deadline day when there's nothing. Left. And the teams that were fighting to get certain players now are they've already kind of like they, they already had it in their minds they were going to add it anyone and they need someone they can spin in a positive way. I think that's when you might see uh, a uh, a Hoffman or a Dadanov or a Dwayne maybe getting getting moves. Uh, but uh, outside of that, I don't see it happening. Monaghan, on the other hand, I think there's going to be teams lining up for him. Oh yeah, no, absolutely, uh, absolutely. That enough, I I wouldn't be too surprised. Like, obviously, you're not going to get a big return for him. Um, you know, maybe maybe a fourth or a fifth round pick or something like that. Um, but you know, I I think Dadanov is more of a more of a more of a proven guy. Like, I want to say he's also sure. his last last year. Hoffman, I just think you know has the potential to be a headache for a team. Um, and Drouin, I mean, but he's been playing a lot you know, better lately. Hoffman's been playing well Hoffman, the last couple yeah. of weeks. I know it's crazy to say. No, I know, but like you know, still he's with he's just such a liability. I don't think if you're a yeah. playoff team, you'd want to take him on. Sure. And uh, yeah, the Blue Angels just forget about it. Yeah, forget no, about no, he's probably not really fair. Right, but the other player that actually Darren Dreger mentioned is uh, is Josh Anderson. So he says apparently both Calgary and Edmonton uh, have uh, shown interest in Anderson, and apparently the Calgary GM has been interested in and in, in Josh Anderson for a very long time. Uh, even before, uh, even back when uh, Anderson was in uh, was in Columbus. Now, yeah, I do I mean, think uh, Gordon and Hughes are big fans of Anderson, though, so they won't let him go for for cheap. That's for sure. No, definitely. Uh, you know, but uh, I mean, I think if if the right offer came, I mean, 
I'll, I'll I'll drive him myself to Calgary or Edmonton if they want to. Well, here's the, you're a bit of an Anderson hater though. You're a bit of an Anderson hater. Like he still have five years on his contract at five point five. What like what, what school GMs absolutely love, absolutely love. Yeah, no, I mean he's definitely you know he's I mean the, just his body type and and obviously the speed that he has he brings another another dimension that uh, that that a lot of players that you know that is very rare obviously in the NHL. Um, that, I mean, that, that, it, like, just like, like you said, I mean, that contract five years and it, well, another five years at 5.5 million, like it, it, it makes me like, it is a team. Like, is that a good thing for a team? Is it a bad thing? 5.5 like, is not that big of a contract. It's 5.5 is really not that much. The thing is, is the Canadians cannot retain any salary. Like I, I, I would be so pissed if they retain salary on a, on for four more years. Like, I hate the idea of that. Like retaining salary on a guy that's expiring or maybe, maybe at most Hoffman because he has only one more year left. Sure. But outside of that, I'm not interested in retaining salary. No, definitely not. And, you know, I mean, uh, but like I'll take on another bad contract, though. Uh, instead of Josh Anderson? No, I'm just saying if a team needs to, 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 I'll take a bad contract to help them fit him in under the cap if needed. Oh, right, right. To come yeah, with. No, that makes sense. At least at first, you got to think. I mean, yeah, I'd, uh, I would definitely think you could probably get a first back for Josh Anderson. Um, yeah, it's really, it's really tough to say just because like, again, because, because of the, the length of the contract that he has left, I mean, it'd be interesting to see like what, what you could potentially get. I mean, like definitely a team, you know, like Calgary or Edmonton. I mean, they could make a lot of sense. Calgary is obviously, look at it this way. Had, if you, but do you not think if Josh Anderson was a UFA, he would easily get four years, 5.5 million easily. Yeah, no, there, there'd be, He'd get more than that, you know. Yeah, no, you're probably right, and I mean, he he definitely did produce pretty well in, uh, during the playoff run as well. So, you know, yeah. that's that's definitely going to be a factor factor in there, and and you know, for two teams like Calgary and and Edmonton, I mean, it probably makes a lot of sense. Those two teams that, well, especially Calgary, I mean, we've seen with the moves that they've made recently, they're 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 in a win now sort of mindset. And I mean, same thing with Edmonton. I mean, he, Josh Anderson, I think with, uh, with Connor McDavid would probably be a pretty good, uh, uh, that'd be pretty good. It'd be, it'd be two guys with I mean, a lot of speed to be tough to stop. I, I do. I think so too. And even, or even with, uh, with Dreisaitl, if he has an, an elite playmaker on his wing and he, he, all he has to do is, is put his head down and drive the net. I think he could rack up some goals. So. I don't know. It, it'd be it'd be interesting to see what uh, what type of return they have. But do you, do you think realistically, because it's in the rumors, we've heard Josh Anderson's name a lot. Do you really realistically think it, it, it happens? Because so, you, you rarely see in during the season guys with this type of contract get moved. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Like, I, I don't think it'll end up happening. I mean, like, maybe yeah, me a little bit closer to the trade deadline. Maybe it could potentially happen. But, um, no, nah, yeah, it, it, it's all like that that kind of move is definitely it's always going to be hard to to make it work right with with the salary cap adding a 5.5 million i mean like you said i mean potentially we do take a contract back but it's always it's always a lot more complicated during the season yeah for sure i mean uh, i i'd be interesting to see and i wouldn't be too as much as i do like josh anderson and like you said i mean he uh thank it's thanks to him forever will be thanks to him that we did not get swept in the finals and uh, i don't care what anybody says I know no matter what, you don't win the cup, but 
there is a huge difference between losing in five and losing in four. So I'm forever grateful to Josh for scoring that overtime goal and uh, giving us that uh, that moment. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'd still be sad to see him. I like Josh Anderson. I like I like the way he plays. But I also think with where we are in the in the progress for our team and his age and and you know. By the time we're really trying to compete, the type of player he's going to be, it, I think it does make sense to to move him. But I'm I'm happy when I hear that Hughes and uh, uh, I mean and the um, geez I'm I'm blanking on uh, <laughs> Hughes and uh, uh, Jeff yeah Gordon. Jeff Gordon yeah thank you so it's such a knowledgeable Habs podcast here can't remember the name of uh, <laughs> of management for the Canadians. But uh, I'm glad that they've, they 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 seem to really have a high value on him, and they're not going to take a, a bad offer for him because there's no need to move him. But if you could get a good a good good prospect and a good pick for him, I'm I'm more than happy more than happy with that. No, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, and you know, moving a guy like Anderson as well, I mean, would would open up a bigger spot for Slavkovsky, who is, yeah, you know, a similar body that's type. True. You know, that's so. true. Yeah, he could step but, right yeah, into yeah. the exact role that uh, – yeah, so maybe that's a move we see after the World Juniors when Slavkovsky's coming back and gained that confidence you uh, you talked about. Uh, so, yeah, maybe, maybe, you know, who knows. But uh, uh, only uh, only time will tell. But next, what I want to talk about, very, very, very interesting quotes coming from uh, Pierre Gervais' new book. Of course, Pierre Gervais, who was uh, a uh, equipment manager for over 20 years for the Canadians and seemingly extremely – well respected uh right. so a fan on twitter has been posting some uh some quotes from his uh, book talking specifically about dominique duchamp and oh boy it uh it doesn't uh doesn't paint duchamp in a positive way i don't think anyone really at this point after seeing how the team turned around with uh with saying we is too surprised by this but the, the the first thing that comes out is apparently the team is was surprised that it wasn't luke richardson that uh, that took over when uh, when Julien was was fired and Deshaun was disordered. And I, like, let's be honest, we all know why it was Deshaun mm-hmm. over Richardson, uh, unfortunately. And we're seeing Luke Richardson do really well in Chicago. Actually, he's kind of yeah. uh, making them play way above what people expect. Like, it's not like Chicago's lighting the league on fire, but they should be dead last or second last, right? So, uh, looking looking good there. So I thought that was uh, very interesting. I wonder if we if we look. I love Saint Louis, but I wonder if we missed out on something with Luke Richardson. Yeah, well, I mean, like like you said, right? There's a reason why he wasn't hired. Yeah, and you know, like yeah, especially you. Know, well, I mean, okay, obviously he he was before Kent Hughes there, but I mean, uh, you know, Kent Hughes wouldn't have been able to to name him the head coach. Let's just yeah. put it that way. It was yeah. going to have to be a, fr- a French Canadian. But <clears throat> yeah, no, I, I mean, he obviously seemed to be a, a, an extremely respected guy across the league, not just not just within the organization, and. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, Duchamp, I mean, every time we hear something come out, it's always uh, it's always negative, right? It's it's unfortunate. Uh, no, no, it's it's bad because there's more because I barely touched the surface. They're saying he's saying yeah. he was not organized, changing practice times at the last minute. He changed days off that were planned for months on the plan on the plane. Sorry. Uh, and so like they wouldn't have the next morning off. And he actually says that he heard that a couple of guys went to the NHLPA, like a couple of the players went to the NHLPA because the convention specifically says they're allowed a specific amount of, of fixed days off per month to plan things, right? That they, they're meant to know in advance. And he just went against that. So it sounds like the, the team really weren't big fans of him. And they were upset when they heard he got a three-year ex- extension because 
they just didn't like how he was how he was doing things. So I just was like, was Bergevin unaware of this? Did he just not care? Like, is it just a situation where he got carried by that cup run? And actually, Gervais even says that he thinks that the cup run was in part because uh, because of the the COVID that the, the Dominique Duchamp got, and then Luke Richardson stepped in, and that's when the team got a spark. So just such a crazy, crazy turn of events and the fact that Deshaun got a millions of dollars in a three-year contract he's still getting paid for for being a such a bad coach is, is really mind-blowing right <laughs> failing upward i guess but like do you not like it okay granted he's getting these millions and millions of dollars but like with all of this it's just coming out all the time do you not feel at least a little bit bad for him like because there's no way he's like you can't see him ever getting a head coaching job in the nhl again I'm but not he, even. But sure. if this all is all true, he clearly shouldn't have one. Like, I don't understand yeah. how he. I'm so surprised by this too because at the time we were, we were all happy about the Deshaun pick. We thought yeah. we liked what we were hearing in the press conference, and he seemed like someone who had been preparing his whole life to be a head coach. And then it, at the same time, from what we're hearing, seems like he was way over his head from day one. Yeah, no, it, it yeah, it definitely doesn't. Yeah, like you said, I mean, it, it we we heard all these positives. Like it, it seemed like he had this offensive mindset, and then you know it was uh, Claude Julien that he replaced. And I mean, it basically seemed like it, it was still Claude Julien behind the bench, right? Yep. Like as soon as he took over. So I don't know if it was just like sort of like I'm sure it wasn't an easy situation to take over, taking over For from sure. Julien and, and sure. it's during during the pandemic as well. Which I'm sure didn't made things a lot more complicated too. So it it like maybe maybe that's part of it that it was just such a such a weird situation, a difficult situation. You know, I mean, sure he was the assistant coach for I don't I think maybe a year and a half, maybe two years he was the assistant coach. So I guess he did sort of get a bit of a a taste for the professional game, but like you know he was he was never an AHL head coach, right? I mean a lot of the time now obviously it's not the case for Martin Saint Louis, but he was an NHL player, of course. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe maybe that's part of it, like, and and why maybe he seemed a little in over his head at times. That you know, I, that, I really that's think why that more and more players they want former NHLers. It's it yeah, seems no, like they respect it a, a lot more, right? Because even though Saint Louis came in with very little to no coaching experience, he understood how it is to be an NHL player. And and I think there's this idea because Wayne Gretzky's example people always use how poorly he did as a coach. I mean it's like he was coaching the Coyotes. It's not like he he came into a, like a a really good team and then wasn't able to get, make them win. But it's, it's, some players are maybe not meant to coach. But I think more and more you're seeing that these these players need someone that they can respect. And even a guy like Luke Richardson obviously was an NHLer too and all that. And I think he, he these people can understand it more versus these coaches that just made it through the junior ranks. And the way you coach a junior team and the way you, to- you coach millionaire adults is not the same. No, you know? Exactly. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. I mean, and, and especially, like I said, I mean, going from the queue and never being a head coach in the AHL, you know, at least yeah. that's a bit of a step. Um, yeah. You know, it's it. Yeah, going from the queue. Obviously, he didn't go directly from the queue. I mean, he was the assistant coach for for a couple of years with uh, under Claude Junier, where presumably he got some some good experience. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, like you said, I mean, it, it basically seemed like he was in over his head from day one. 
Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I mean, we've seen we've seen ever since Santa we took over, like the, you know the the difference, especially with the kids. So yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. It's not even just because the, the record for Santa we since he take over it took over. It's not like it's amazing. Like the team's still losing. And the team still finished last, still had a losing streak last year uh, under St. Wheat. But the if you only look at the records between the two, maybe you can't see that big of a difference. But the product on the ice and how the players are playing, I mean, I am not surprised at all to find out that the players did not like Zusham because you could see it the way they played. They just didn't want to be there. <laughs> it was very, very clear. And that's also why we always talked about that cup run. I mean... Javet talks about how it's Luke Richardson lit a fire under them. And also, you know, we talked about Carey Price and Shea Weber, who may never play again after. Well, I guess Carey Price got a couple of games last year. But but you know what I mean? Like the players knew that these two guys like might net will, will probably never have this type of chance again. And that's what drove this team. Not they like basically they 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 did a cup run despite Zusham. And then Bergevin, I feel like Bergevin felt like his hands were tied and he had no choice to, and and maybe that's weirdly was his downfall because, like, I wonder if Bergevin knew that Duchamp wasn't the right choice, but he he was kind of stuck between a, a rock and a hard place, and he just after the cup run, how can you not extend him? It it, it was definitely a w- weird situation. Like, I don't know if I would have made a different decision, right? Because what if you yeah. think you 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 must know that the players don't like him. But then at the same time, they just went on a cup run playing above their heads. He must be doing something, right? Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I would have done it any differently, but clearly Deshaun was not the guy for the job. Well, I mean, that's that's the thing. And, uh, like, I remember the the night the night the Habs went down 3-1 against Toronto, we, we did a podcast yeah. right after the game, and we said, uh, you know, it's – when they lose game four, it's over for Bergevin. It's over for Duchamp. Yeah, yeah. This this whole thing's going to be blown up. And But when they came back and made it to the final, you can't fire yeah. people. I mean, yeah. like even if, I mean, I think deep down, you know, I mean, Bergevin, okay, he, he he did a lot of good things for the Habs, but, you know, that maybe it was it was time to move on. But I, I don't yeah, think, I think so, too yeah. many people were convinced by Duchamp, but you can't, you, you had to extend him. You had to bring him yeah, back after they went to the final. Let's not forget that they 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 hobbled into the playoffs, right? It's a it's it's not like uh, the, <laughs> the 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 run was surprising for 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 many reasons, but they easily could have made and missed the playoffs that year. They didn't play well in the regular season under Jashama ever. So yeah, I mean it's 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 forever going to be a very interesting story, and I, we keep hearing stuff coming out about it. And just the fact that it's Pierre Gervais, he's always been so well respected. I just don't think he would say things, publish things like that if it was really, really bad. So I get what you mean, feeling bad for Deshaun in a sense. Like maybe he was a victim of getting his opportunity too quickly. Like he wasn't ready yet, and he needed maybe more years as an assistant coach. But I don't see how he ever gets another shot. He even going back and coaching in junior and all that, you know, people all reading these things and all that, like it, it really hurts his reputation. Like how he's going to have a hard time having people taking him seriously or anything like that. I, I don't know. Oh, he's definitely, know he, he'll definitely be, a, he, he'll definitely be a coach in the queue again. Uh, I'm sure, you know, within the next year or two, but uh, now I don't see him ever getting a chance in the NHL again. No, the, there's even no chance. In the AHL, I'd be, I'd be a little surprised. No, there's no way. There's no way. So, anyways, uh, I, I don't know if this is the last we'll hear of uh, of Zushan or there's gonna be more stories uh, coming out. But uh, hey, we're just we're just happy where we are now with uh, with Saint Louis and uh, and Hughes and Gordon. So let's uh, let's just say that much. But 
All right, so that, uh, let's talk about just before we, we kick off the, the upcoming games, if we think the Canadians are going to stay on a 500 pace or if teams have finally caught up with them. So coming up back at home in Philadelphia, back at home against Philadelphia, and then Buffalo, Columbus again, and then Chicago. So Philadelphia, Buffalo, I know, has been very good this year. Philadelphia, let me just take a look real quick. Philadelphia literally one one spot ahead of the Canadians in the rankings, but have exactly the same amount of points. So very similar Teams. Not a very difficult week coming up, honestly, with uh, with these matchups, except for Buffalo, who's been very solid this year. Uh, I don't know. They might go on another winning run here after win- win- losing two in a row. Yeah, man. If you take a look at the next, like, four games, I I could see them winning three. Actually, and if you add the game after that until the end of the month, it's, it's the Sharks. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Sharks have, uh, are supposed to be a bottom, uh, bottom five team, and, and it's just Carlson has somehow figured out how to play hockey again. He's been playing amazing, but, and actually Buffalo's not even doing that well. They only have 14 points, but uh, they seem to be doing, doing better, but maybe they're on a bit of a, bit of a skid action. Oh yeah. They've, they've lost seven in a row. Jeez. What's going on in Buffalo. They started so strong. All right. So, all right, so they're, the due. they're due. They're due. The Canadians are going to win uh, what? Six games in a row to finish the year. And then you're going to be put on suicide watch. Finish the month. I mean, I mean. <laughs> Uh, I mean, okay, so yeah, they, they could probably win the net. I, I mean, I'm sure they're not going to win all five of the next. Of course, game, but of after course, that, of course not. Of course, after not. that, they're going. Uh, they're going out west. Uh, no, that's true. Okay, but like, true. so this this five game stretch against less than great teams. I think this is really. It's going to tell us really: Are they going to be a 500 team, or are they going to collapse yeah. and get a better pick? I say they 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 they. At worst, they win three and lose two. At worst, I say yeah, three, no, one, and one. Fuck! I just said that. Well, he, then we agree. We're allowed to agree. All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, three, three, one, and one. So, uh, uh, I, that's the thing. They're gonna go on runs like that, and then they're gonna go out west to Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, and Seattle, and probably lose most of those games, and then they'll be back in a 500 pace. I just really think this is a 500 team. It is yeah, what it is. Well. They're going to go out west, lose all four, and <laughs> Shane Wright's going to score a hat trick. Oh, man. Oh, man. I mean, he has to actually play. The, that that actually would be interesting. Will they let Shane Wright play Dude, against sure. – you, you, I don't know. Sure. They barely, they're barely they letting him play. The, know, the stare down. And, that yeah, I don't know. But even if – let's say he plays and he plays like four. Hey, man, imagine he plays and Slavkovsky like runs him over. How amazing would that be? That'd but, be amazing. Uh, but, uh, I mean, nah, that's almost a month away. He's gonna play, and he's gonna and he's gonna score. I'm you think so? You think all so? Right. I mean, all right, all right. I mean, I'm I'm already excited, but it's not till December six, so we'll we'll see when uh, when the time comes. But uh, yeah, that uh, I think that does it for uh, today's episode. Unless is there anything I forgot you wanted to to bring up? No, that was pretty much it. Uh, yeah, no, I mean it'll be an interesting uh, week or so ahead, and uh, yeah, and I I think the Habs will uh, continue to be five hundred. Yeah, well, there you go. So I can't wait to get that 12th pick in, uh, uh, at, the end, uh, at the end of the season. So uh, as always, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next time.